Hello, welcome to You Haven't Blanked That. I'm Forrest. And this is Jimmy. So today we're going to be talking about an animation series that is very dear to my heart called Over the Garden Wall. Uh, Iron Adventure uh, brothers Wirt and Greg get lost in the unknown, a strange forest adrift in time. A wise old woodsman and bluebird Beatrice help them on their way. Forrest, what what did you think overall of this story? This is this feels like to me the Coen brothers doing Disney. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. It's so fucking out there. But that's what it felt like to me. It was like if if the Coen brothers were making a Disney movie, uh-huh. this is what it would be. And it was fucking great. I didn't expect it to be this good and this deep. But it's all the music with as weird as it was. No, but like honestly, like when I saw this, I fell in love with it immediately. Because it was so good. Cause though, but when this show came out, it was a five-night series yeah. on Cartoon Network. And like the amount of detail that was put into the show is stupid. The moon that you see throughout the entire show is the exact phase of the moon when it was released. So it had this weird ambiance where it it matched the real world as well as it matched the cartoon. But what was trippy to like kind of throw it off is that the moon is just tilted 90 degrees, which is a phase of the moon that never really exists. But it's still the same waxing and waning. Plus the moon never like waxes or wanes throughout the entire series. I like how they try to drag the real world into this fake world and just kind of bring you along with the See, story. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of things in this whole thing. But like if you watch the intro to the series, that whole like block where it starts off the piano and the frog playing that song and it shows like the intro. If you look at the border around the whole thing, it tells you the whole story. In the beginning, you see a girl in a blue dress pick up a rock with hanging out with her dog. And then that's the same dog you see in the first episode. And then you're, you realize... That rock is that rock she threw at the bluebirds before she got cursed. And then, like, yeah. everything just kind of ties together so well. Well, they, they do all that in the last episode. They they show you everything. Yeah, because, like, even, like, in the beginning of the show, there's two kids playing with a boat. But then, like, when you're on the boat later on in the in the show with all the frogs, mm-hmm. like, there's two frogs just like those boys. So Oh, fuck. Yeah, so it's fucking, it's all over the place. One of the guys, the old, their old uncle, rich uncle, Uncle Quincy, when they're in the cemetery at the very end. Mm-hmm. Out of all the tombstones, you can only read one tombstone, and it's just Quincy. That leads you to believe that old man, that's his grave that they're hiding behind when, like, they're spying on the kids. So it, it's a trippy how well it just, it references itself so often, so very subtle. Unless you watch it over and over again, you'll never see yeah, it. Yeah, like, I, this is one of the few things I've, I've wanted to go back and watch again. Yeah. And I'm trying to get the kids to watch it, because I think they'd like it. It's weird enough for, like, Emily to be really into it. Yeah, and it's just subtly just, like... Just the right amount of spooky without being terrifying. 
So, so they're walking through the woods. Yeah, it starts off with them just walking through the woods. Word is voiced by Elijah Wood. Yes, Frodo. And then... Uh, uh, and Greg is some kid. Now, yeah. Greg reminds me of like a fantasy genre Ralph, Ralph Wiggum. 100%. 100%. Yeah, no, I see that. 100%. So they're walking through the woods. They're walking through the woods. Uh, they end up running into a bluebird that's trapped... It was like, oh my gosh, boys, help me. I need yeah. you to blah, blah, blah. And then like, okay, cool. Let me repay you. Let's go over here. Let's go to Adelaide's. And like, you know, I need you to whatever. Yeah. And she's constantly, the boys are like, eh, fuck you, Bluebird. <laughs> oh no, Greg's like, do I get wishes? And then he starts making it. And he goes like, I'm not a magical bird. Like, you know. It's a bird. Yeah, yeah, just a bird. But from this point on, you'll notice every time Beatrice talks, she'll always refer to human characteristics traits. Like, oh my gosh, get off my back. My uh, hands are getting tired. Like, she'll just throw these things, kind of subtly telling you that she was a human before, and then she's just a bird now. But she does it from the very beginning. Like, she'll refer to her feet, and she'll refer to her hands, and like, very, just kind of like, if you're not paying attention, you don't even notice it, and no, you just move forward. Yeah. No, this is the one where they meet, where they go into Christopher, where they go to the woodsman's house. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. And that's where you, Christopher Lloyd is the voice of the woodsman. Oh, yeah, he does such a great job, too. And they go in the house, and then that's where you start hearing about the beast. And beware like, the beast, children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it, you know, it, it kind of sets up a lot of things. It sets up, it sets up, you know, um, the features. antagonist. It sets up the beast. It sets yeah. up, you know, you don't know if you can trust the woodsman. That's that one character you can't trust. And yeah. It, it sets up our main characters. So there's not a lot. There's, a lot happens, but a lot doesn't. Yeah. And then that's the one where like the beast, the dog comes in and starts like tearing down the whole house. Yeah, and then, and then there's black turtles also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk later about the turtles. Even in that beginning scene where the woodman pulls out the stick and snaps it, and he throws it away, mm-hmm. those are the two sticks at the very end of the movie that keep the lantern burning just a little bit longer towards the end. Oh, shit. Like, it's like, the whole thing is just, it's it's a beautiful fucking series. Oh, my God. I, but I, yeah. I have to totally go back and, and watch this. And so, the, the beast, what we think is the beast, is that dog with all the crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Greg's reaction to it. Like, when he's about to die, he goes, he had beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Greg is, like, the one who started the whole conflict by dropping the candies, attracting the dog. But then he's also the one to solve the conflict at the end because... He smacks the dog that gets stuck in the mill and squirts out that turtle, and then he's like back to normal again. So then we get to that next part, the next part with the town, the town, the pumpkin town, pumpkin town. Which, what the fuck kind of wicker man shit was that? Okay, so there is a term, uh, I believe. Wicker man? No, yeah, there's a term. I believe it was like civil. It's a civil war term uh, called a Potter field. It's basically, it's just a mass grave for all these like unknown. No, no, I got you. Yeah. But it's the same name of the town. Yes. So like that's why they're digging up their like relatives or whatever their townsfolks. Yeah. And carving the jack o' lanterns for the heads for them, and then just like oh you're back, and they plop them on their head. But even then, like the kids in the town's like you're not supposed to, you're not ready for us yet, but you can stay. And it's like this weird like. Oh fuck. Yeah, it's this weird like, they know that they're alive or they're not dead yet. But, but they're, they're going to be. And yeah. it's like, it's such a weird trip. And then like, but the cat, the black cat is the main pumpkin. Like the main maypole guy. Yeah. And you see the cat dancing around. And Enoch. Then, and that was actually Chris Isaac. And you see that cat dip away. And then you see him kind of by the maypole. And then you see him like talking around. So like, 
the, the amount of detail in the background is all over the place too, which is pretty dope. So next part they go to is um, it's the School Town Follies one. It's the one with Miss Langtree. My favorite episode. My this was your favorite, favorite episode? Yeah, because I love that stupid song that she sings with the alphabet song. A is for the apple, that I, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you listen to her song, uh, Jimmy's only been gone for three days, and she's already fucking like beyond woe. You know what I mean? She's yeah. like, he fucking left me. <laughs> In this part of the story, you realize, too, that like the animals never talk. So any animal you see now could be hinted to the fact that they're cursed and they once were human. Because yeah. all you do is toe tap and move back and forth. And then Mr. Langtree looks like one of the Nazis from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know <laughs> yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. And then like one of the, like, but Miss Langtree is also like a fucking psychopath because she locks one one of those kids in that dunce box for like 12 days. Because like you see it scratched on the wall that somebody was in there for so long. Yeah. But that sa- that song that they sing, uh, was it Potatoes and Molasses? Yeah. Oh, that's such a great song. The music in this is great, and that's why it, that's what it kind of reminded me of, like, an Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so weird, and it's just... The just turn of the really century. Good. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, like, uh, like bluegrassy. I don't even know how you would describe the music on this, but the soundtrack, I listen to it often. Do you really like I it do. often? I do. It's The instrumentals are really dope throughout the whole series. And, like, even, like... Potatoes and Molasses gets repraised later on at the very last scene where Greg is dying and you hear that Latin church choir. They're singing Potatoes and Molasses in Latin. Deeper than I thought. It's too. really good. And then like, and then plus it's that high choir, like yeah. crescendo of a song. Like it's, it's really, really detailed. So, and then we find out Jimmy's been gone because he got stuck in the gorilla suit and he couldn't get it out yeah but i like how like even the gorilla was like a very like turn of the century like creepy like monster you yeah know what I mean? but it was it was super cool yeah songs of the dark lantern was episode number four mm-hmm. with the highwayman oh okay so the highwayman uh like basically everything was drawn out a very kind of like cutesy cartoony way the Highwayman, when he sings his highway song, it's part. It's an old type of animation. It's like the rotoscope animation, but they film like someone's like video of them dancing or whatever, mm-hmm. and they take a sheet of paper and they and just they draw. They yeah, chase yeah, over yeah. it. They, they then animate those cells. This is the creator's homage to old time animation. But the animation team and the pro- production team said, "There's no way we're doing this. It takes too long. It's too costly. We're not doing it." So the uh, creator was like, "Fantastic." I'll do this on my own. This is going to be my separate project that I'm going to do and I'm going to put it in. Yeah. So that's why it just, because it gives it a weird otherworldly view to it because uh, Callaway used to do the same thing for the Betty Boop cartoons. Okay. And so like he wanted to put an homage to old school animation since it was an old school tale into yeah. the new world. So I thought that was really dope because you could see it right away and if you know those old black and white like yeah. Betty Boop cartoons, you totally see it too. And then I love that uh, Fred, the horse, entire time that they're in the, the shack and they're singing the song, they sing the Highwayman song. Yeah. Then they sing like the little boy getting ready for marriage. He was like, and the cobbler will, and like, like how like the town itself, they know where they are and they know how, they, how to be and they know their roles and that's why they're happy. But they get upset when Greg and Wirt show up and it's like, you don't have a role in our world. You don't have... You need to find what you need to do. So and then that's when the town decides, okay, cool. You're going to be the boy getting ready 
to get married. And then so the town then accepts them for like their after world role in their society. Because he'll yeah. always forever be the boy getting ready to get married. But in the background, you see Greg walking away with just giant trays of food. And just kind of carrying them back and forth. And you're like, fuck this fucker's eating so much food. Because he was talking. But then later on, he complains that he's still hungry. There's a cut scene where Fred goes, thank you for feeding me. I've been starving for so long. So the entire time Craig was running around with the food, he's really just feeding Fred the horse. That's why Fred was so willing to help them out. With Fred, well, in the next episode, has my favorite part with Fred is, I want to steal. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Fred, Fred, uh, he's like, the actress like, I can't do a horse's nay. I can't do that. And the production's like, perfect. We're supposed to have another, like, illusion that, like, Fred is a cursed person. And then, but we also find out, too, that, like, uh, through the comic book series afterwards, the highwayman died 100 years ago. And so did Fred. Fred is, like, 100 years old, like... Horse. Horse. Man, horse thing. Yeah. But, like, he leads to getting, like, cursed as well. And John Cleese was in this episode. John Cleese. Oh, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. So many... There's fucking a lot people of in this great thing. people yeah. in this show, too. That's why I'm shocked when I bring up, like, Over the Garden Wall. Really, no one has seen it or, like, heard about it. It's out there. Like, you know what? It's a little difficult to find, too, which makes it harder to, I like... I find it... It's on... It's all... All Cartoon Network stuff is on Hulu. Is it? If there's anything you miss on Cartoon Network, it's on Hulu. I don't and have not Hulu. because... I bet you had Hulu. You no. got rid of it? Yeah. Fred, the Fred's thievery way. Let's steal shit. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah Fred. Let's steal shit. <laughs> I love you. All they need, like, I like how, like, the whole episode is about stealing shit. Mm -hmm. Just stealing everything. All they really need is just two pennies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's no, just to get across no the sense. face. Yeah. No sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's where they meet uh, that old man. Was, I think his name is Quincy or? That was John Cleese, right? Yeah. And then, like, that's where they're like, okay, cool. And then, like, that whole episode was based on Pat McHale's dream that he had where he was in this like elaborate house mansion and he was walking through it and then he halfway through the dream he realizes he his he walked into another person's mansion and so he thought that was a weird cool concept so he based it upon this episode where it's like yeah these two rich people are so rich they don't really know their houses and they're actually own the same house and that was pretty cool but yeah. I, this is where like uh uh where it makes me laugh because he's just so random with his shit he has a very uh, Lord Byron hero personality. Like I believe they call it the Byronic hero. And basically the Byronic hero would be like a um, Victor Frankenstein. Okay. Where he's a very educated, very well-spoken, very troubled soul. Still dangerous, but he's well-educated in the arts and like music and literature and kind of like a well-rounded Founded man, you kind of get that first instinct with Wirt, where like he's walking around this house and he starts talking about the architecture of the house. And this house is so weird because it doesn't have that French artistic, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, then, and then Beach is like, "Who the hell are you? Like, yeah. where is this coming from?" But like, that's where you start to realize, like, okay, he's playing this role in this whole thing because he is a troubled guy. Because throughout the whole series, Wirt is the only one who is just he goes into his poetry, he goes into his sadness often. Yeah. And the moment the frog in this whole story is Wirt's heart. 
the one that they keep changing names back and forth. It's Kitty at one point. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it's like so George Washington, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's heart. Yeah. It's heart. Because the thing is, like, once it gets to the point where, like, at the end of so the series. So that's why there's some parts where only Greg cares about it. And. That's why he's the one's caring for it. He's the one who's, like. caring. Yeah. Because okay. he's carrying his heart for him the entire time. And, like, that's why, like, Greg's just indifferent with everything and doesn't give a shit about it. And he's just sad. Greg is dying. Mm hmm. His heart is now vulnerable to everything. And then at that point, that's when Wirt picks up the frog, picks up his own heart. And then it's like, now, like, I have to be responsible. Like, yeah. I was being a dick and being dismissive. And now I need to go and fix everything. And then that's when he goes after Greg. And that's when he saves him from the very end. But, like, yeah. So it's like a very kind of yeah. like. Fuck. Yeah, it's a really sweet movie or show. So the next one is Lullaby and, Frogla and Frogland. Which is clearly... I love it so much. This is a good episode, but the title is clearly a play on uh, Lullaby of Birdland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. I, which is one of my... From uh, going back to uh, Kids on the Slope, because yeah. I listen to that soundtrack all the time, that's one of my favorite songs off of that. Oh, okay. Of that soundtrack. So I was like, oh, I get this. Yeah. <sighs> what a great scene, too. Like, And then that, especially that song that... Uh... Oh, Bert, drum me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that whole song where like the frog starts singing to you, and it's just like this whole... like old-timey thing at that point the frog's name is george washington he goes oh no george washington he's naked and then all the other frogs are like covering their eyes because there's a naked frog around. <laughs> and then uh, beatrice is sad yeah this whole episode yeah and then because the thing is like she knows what she has to do and she doesn't want to take them to adelaide's but yeah she's cursed and then it's just it's a shitty situation but good being that the frog represents his heart it's a little weird to see all the frogs kind of just like being super happy and fancy on their way across the river like as the river mm -hmm. sticks. And then once they get to the other side, they just bury themselves in the dirt because they're like forgotten and none of them have names. So it's like a weird like death homage to like the forgotten souls. It's a weird thing. Though it's such a... There's so much stuff in this, <laughs> Yeah, like, there's so much. So then the next one is The Ringing of the Bell, which I think is my favorite episode. Oh, that's dope, too. With because Tim it's almost an Evil Dead episode. Oh, yeah. It is. Because the whole Deadites? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. almost an Evil Dead episode. I mean, the, so they're in that house, and the house is just full of those black turtles. Yeah. And she's fucking eating them. Yeah, she Andy is. Whispers is eating them, and it's probably one of the creepiest characters ever. Yeah, oh yeah. Such a creepy... Big old face, like little hands. Yeah. And then like, oh, child, like the bells. Like, he has like the bell command too. Like, it's it's a really... That one's probably the creepiest ones at all. That it is. So, to go into the turtles yes. from here. So, uh, Pat Mahale said that this is a story that he's been working on for a long time and it's everything's there. And there's like a, I forget the term of it, but there's like a term when it comes to doing art where you purposely fuck it up or you purposely leave like an imperfection. Okay. And like the black turtles are the imperfection in the quilt of this story. Okay. And so you never really get an answer of what they are, or what's going on. Pat McHale says that he knows what they are and what they represent, but he doesn't want to tell anybody because he'd rather keep it like that, like whatever. He refers to like the black turtles as some people say that it's like the recon animal for the beast. But that doesn't make sense. To yeah. Me. But the black turtles are like sins, like okay. the remaining sins that shouldn't be in that world, but are still there. And then so that's why when the dog eats the turtle, 
he it possesses him. It kind of like fucks with him because dogs are kind of like more pure hearted and like they're, they're very Buddhist in nature because they're very like kind of simple. But like it yeah. gets overtook, taken by that sin. And then like until it, it's popped out, then it's back to normal again. Auntie Whispers is just a sin eater and she just eats them because she'd rather take on people's troubles and woes yeah. and deal with it. And you can see where it corrupted her, where it just defigured her into this just giant, giant ugly thing. Face but thing, yeah. she's still a very caring person. And she's like looking after the fucking girl. I forget the girl's name. But looking after her, Laura. Lauren? Let's call her Laura. Lauren, yeah. And then so he's looking after Lauren but because she doesn't know how to like fix that sin part of her in uh, old catholic rituals like there is a thing of a sin eater where you take upon the sins of someone else so they can reach the heavens and like that person is then cursed to like be in limbo if not in hell for taking on those sins because you can never atone for anybody else's sins but you can take their sins and eat them but you'll never reach heaven for it then again too this is where it shows like a lot of just old beliefs and old customs into a children's story and it's such a weird I, see i don't have a problem with that at all like you know what I mean? like like all the weird like nuance not weird but like kind of like fucked up nuances if you will yeah, yeah. like all the myths and all the rules for like fairies and, and leprechauns and things like we were talking about in darby o'gill that doesn't bother me if my kids read about that yeah you read about that because there's consequences for things that happen right they may, and you know, it may be something you'll never do, and but these are still the consequences for it. So I, I'm never like weird about stuff like that. I know people get really weird about shit like that, like especially with their kids. Yeah, I'm just like, no, like this stuff still exists. Yeah, because the thing about like, well, because this whole story is just a modern fairy tale. Oh, it is. Where you just get lost in the woods, you meet interesting characters, and then at the very end, like. Especially a lot of older fairy tales are really dark and really unpleasant. And this keeps that And it keeps that tone throughout the whole thing. Auntie Whispers, like that whole thing, that creepy witch in the woods. And then like this whole, like, and then what's the Adelaide? The the other witch in the woods. Because they're both sisters. sisters. You find out they're sisters. Yeah. This whole series, like any episode is a great episode. Like you pop in anywhere. There was nothing bad. And I was just tripping out over this whole thing. Like. I'm like, I keep talking to this, I'm like, you need to fucking watch this. Dude, this is and fucking good. I've watched it, I don't even know how many times, like, over the years. But, like... It came out, like, what, five years ago? Yeah. Uh, five-ish? Yeah, five-ish years ago. And it's still holds up. It is still a very... And I, this is a smart move to put it, like, where it's a weird time. You know what I mean? Where, like, there's no time in this... The unknown. It's still old world. Word in the beginning refers to, like, I just need to get to a phone. So you know that it's not the right time. I thought that was a mistake in the writing when I first started watching it, but then I was like, he keeps referring to like modern technology, modern technology in this like little world. So it's like it's, but then you realize it because he doesn't belong in this time, and the unknown is like not set in any real time. So it's it's a trip. Uh, what's after? What episodes after that? Uh, the next one is the daughter's. Um, is I'm sorry, the babes in the wood. Where they're about to just they're just about to give up. Oh oh and no! We, we missed. Do we get to Adelaide's house? Yeah, we. Briefly touched on Adelaide's house. So, okay, so that happened, I, I think, the before. This, like, no, 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 just keep it. Uh, but it's right before, like, Adelaide's house where uh, you realize Beatrice was tricking the guys to go to Adelaide's. Yeah. Because she needs the scissors to clip her wings to become human again. Adelaide needs slaves to, like, you know, make the, the bargain. 
but even with Adelaide, she's uh, knitting and like her shawl looks like a spider web because she's supposed to be a spider trapping these children into her like her yeah. net. There's an old timey belief of that, like you know the wind, the chill of the night could kill somebody. So that's why she's upset when, like, they open up the windows and she gets that draft and she dies. They're constantly referring to, like, old-timey just yeah. references. But, like, that's the trip. Because, like, and then that's where uh, Wirt grabs the, the shears and puts them in his pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, like, that's when, like, they come later on because he'll give them to Beatrice later on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Babes in Wonderland. So let's pause this here. Dante's Inferno is a story of visions of that he had of hell and political beliefs that he had, and he wrote this story. It's okay. a, it's actually a three-part poem. Yes. So it's Dante's Inferno, where he descends into the unknown, and then he, like, goes through the many stages of hell. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once he gets to the ninth layer of hell, that's where everything's just made of ice. Because if God is all light and warmth and good, the then opposite of that would be, be cold yeah. and dark and, like, cold distant. And yeah. So. So, hence why the devil is, like, trapped in the lake of, like, ice and, like, from his waist down. So, he can't really do anything. Dante is guided by Virgil to go all the way down to the depths. And then he then transitions him into, like, the limbo area where he, like, goes through, like, the many layers of, like, limbo. Which is kind of like the seven deadly sins, sort of. Okay. Like the, like, the cliffs of, like, limbo. And then from there, Beatrice is the one who is the angel that guides dante out from there out from hell and into the heavens and he reaches like this and then the last poem is called paradisium okay. and then paradisium is basically the levels of heaven and it's like i believe they go to mercury venus jupiter some constellation and then god's presence as they're doing that like it's all the cherubs singing and like you know like whatever and like you can see the similarities between dante's inferno with this story almost identical you know what i mean because yeah. you see it like throughout the whole thing where like you see greed with quincy in his ho- in his like mansion where he's lost in his own greed because he constantly wants more money you know what i mean yeah and then like you see you just see these parallels between this whole story and then babes and whatever the, the, the next one babes and uh babes in the uh woods the babes in the woods that's where greg kind of is dying and he like war takes off and then that's where Greg kind of just drops the heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then so, but then he gets called to heaven because he's dying. And then so that heaven scene was based on an old Shirley Temple cartoon. But well, like that was making me laugh because the reception committees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then are there more? Yeah, there are. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then but like it's but the the cartoons, the animations are exactly the same as the ones there. Mm-hmm. And then in the animation for this one, they actually had to cut some of the characters out of the the animation because they were a little kind of freaky. Okay. Because they were like, ah, it's a little too much, so let's just take it out. But um, that's where Greg makes his wish, like mm-hmm. when like God comes down or like this lady comes down, like the Virgin Mary comes down and starts talking to like Greg. And then, like, you know, he whispers what he wants to her, and he comes right back down to Earth. Just like with Dante's Inferno, he reaches the heavens, and then, like, he comes back. Yeah. So, like, it's... Because this is the point of the story where we realize all the woods, all the the elder trees that are there that the woodsman uses to, like, feed his lantern are all just dead people. Because once you give up, you give up hope, and you give up your happiness, 
like that's when you become the trees. And then so that's why when you see well, that's all the, why he starts turning into a tree. Yeah, but also that's why everyone in the town is very desperate to have their roles of what who they are and what they need to be to be content. That's why in the town when they were like everyone was like, I'm the, I'm the tailor. This is what I do. I love my job. Oh, I'm the cook. I do this. This is my job. This is why I love it. That's why without really knowing it, they were showing they were trying to get work to accept his fate of where he was in life to be that. Otherwise, he'd be one of the trees. Okay. Because like people go missing into the woods and they don't go missing in the woods. They're just sad and desperate and they want to get out that they lose their happiness and they become the trees. Mm-hmm. So like it's like so the woods are always growing like because like people are get tired of like this existence that they just run out and then like they just become wood for the for the yeah. the beast lantern. And then uh where are we now in the story? So now we're at the one so it's uh it's the flashback as to what happened before. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So um how are we at the beast yet where he's tricking wart or not yet? That's going to be the, the beginning the, of episode the 10. Episode. Okay. So uh, the flashback. What do you think? Okay, so poetry and clarinet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, and so he's gonna. He likes that girl. Like well, he's been mentioning. That, he likes Sarah, and he's been yeah. mentioning that throughout the whole show, sure. the yeah, whole yeah. story. Like, oh, I was gonna do this for the girl, yeah. and so side note, that Sarah cassette uh-huh. was a very limited edition thing that you could actually buy. Yeah, and I saw that. And you could like you can find the YouTube of it, and it's basically. Him saying poems and playing clarinet. It's just, it's stupid, but yeah. it's really cute. They were dressed up for Halloween. Yeah. What it was. It was Halloween. They were dressed up. He was going to go talk to Sarah at the football game. Yeah. Because he's then, in high school. Mind you, so since he was in a hurry to get dressed up to go to that football game, mm-hmm. he wore two different shoes. So throughout the entire series, he's wearing two different shoes the entire time. Yeah. So like, I thought that was a pretty cool little, like, Detail. Yeah, because like you, when you I, when I first saw him, like oh they fucked up the animation, but then like you, when you get to the end, you realize oh no they did. He was in a hurry. He just kind of put whatever and just took off, because the entire time, uh, Greg has that teapot with him, and you realize oh because he's an elephant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's his costume. It's an <laughs> and so he's gonna tell her that he likes her, but he's like shy about it, and yeah. then Greg goes and does it, kind of. Yeah, because fucking... Here's a tape! Yeah, Here's then, a tape, you can give this to her if you want. Yeah, and then Jason Thunderburger. A Thunderburger, yeah. Thunderburger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and you kind of get to, and you, the whole time you're just like, no, she doesn't like Jason, she actually likes work. Yeah, even at the party, like when the, yeah. like, yeah, the whole thing is super sweet. So this is like, if you're going on reference of what's going on, in the background of that show, because mm-hmm. there's a reference to a poster for Four Non Blondes. Oh, so, so it's like that time. So it's like right at that time. So it was like, it's like 90, 91, 92. 192, yeah. yeah. Is there really a Four Non Blondes poster in the background? It is, but they call it three. They make a reference yeah, to yeah. Like three. Yeah. Okay. Instead of four, it's like three. Whatever. Non brunettes or whatever. It's something stupid, but something in reference to the. So, yeah, plus he's using a tape, so... Yeah, so it's just right at that time frame. Because people, like, online are were trying to figure out when it was... When it was happening. But it's, yeah, early 90s as is when that happened. I like that scene where they're in the party. They're like, yeah, we're going to go to the cemetery and drink non-illegal non, drinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like what? Like, juice? Like, no, no, no. Like, non-illegal drinks. We're going to be fine. And then when you get to the cemetery and when they spy on them, they're literally drinking juice. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're spying on them, and then the cops show up. Hey, the kids. cops are like the nicest kid the cops. Hey, kids, no running. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have fun. 
And then they're all freaking out. And they go over the garden wall because yeah. the, the, the cemetery is called the Eternal Garden. Yep. And when they go over the wall, it's a train. Track. When they jump over the wall, it's a hill. Oh. And they tumble down. No, it was the train track. And then they. Oh, that's right. It's yeah, a train right. track. And then. I'm like, holy fuck, are they going to get hit by and the train? What's super good, too, is they play that old-timey song, This Old Train Is Coming. And as that, like, they're running away, and they're tumbling down into the river, drowning. Like, they play that train song, which is obviously an allusion to death. It's coming. Like, you know, leave your yeah. bags, because people will need them. But we'll we'll keep on going to the other side. Like, it's a trip. Yeah. And then, But there's a episode that Pat McHale was going to make. They're going to be, like, in the water. Greg and Wart were supposed to be, like... It's so weird that we could breathe fine on the water. Isn't that, like, yeah. distracting? But that would have been too close of an illusion as to, like, they're dying, but they're not. Because he wanted to keep that super vague to the very end. But then you're, like, for, like, two like, are they fucking dead? Like... Yeah. Like, I'm like, are they fucking dead? And then it ends. Well, then it ends. And... Because the thing is, this entire journey, they have to make a decision whether to live or not. Yeah. Since... Greg was very hopeful, and he's like the heart of the whole story. Hence, why he went to heaven, and like he was able to come, he was able to like either die and go to heaven or go back to his body. Yeah. But he chose to save his brother. Yeah. So he comes back, and then, the, but like that's where Wart comes in, and it's just like, and then the whole woodsman and the beast situation. That was a fucking yeah. trip. The whole time, like, well, you figure out what the well, beast had been telling him the whole time was that yeah. his daughter was one of those. Was was those? No, his three. daughter's soul is, in is trapped lantern. in the lantern, and yeah. the only way to keep his daughter alive is to keep the the lantern burning, mm. and so he's constantly just feeding the lantern pieces of dead bodies growing out of these trees yeah. to keep keep it going and then they're like no that's not true like he's fucking with you yeah it's like why does it why does he care about the lantern so much blah 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 and then like that's when the the woodsman has like a they're like yeah this is fucking weird like and then he looks at the lantern and he sees his daughter dancing in the flames mm-hmm. then he realized that's not my daughter like this is just a fucking trick and then he realized it's the beast's heart that's in there or his soul is like yeah. his essence of being is in there and then like that's where it's like the it's kind of the suitcase for Pulp Fiction of this whole thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then like, but that's when like Wart is dying, and but even the Beast tricks Wart like you know, it's like giving him stupid riddles to kill him. He was like you know like do this or like catch this or have the cup filled with the like the light of the sun or whatever. Yeah. And so basically, he's just wearing him out. Either he's gonna die of exposure or he's gonna just die of exposure later on. But he's trying to kill Wart by having the sun sink into the teacup. But then, like, at that point, like, Wart's, like, oh, Greg's almost, like, gone. And then, like, that's where, like, you see the flash of the beast when, like, Wart grabs the lantern and, like, smashes it. And you see the beast. And he's just this weird... Well, you only see a flash of the beast. You like, see you it. don't even see it. Yeah. They kind of jaws it, where you only, you only see, like, a flash of it. Yeah. Only you see towards the end when it's eating fucking Robert Shaw. But. Yeah. But so they base the beast on what's what's it called? Trypophobia? It's the fear of little holes. Was it carpenter bees? When they dig holes, they have like little dark pellets. Yeah, you, you see the you've probably seen it online where people have like a yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the holes, the pock marks in the skin. Yeah. That's part of trypophobia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They defeat the beast, the woodsman's daughters, like kinda like he the woodsman, that's a hard Part for Christopher Lloyd realizing like the, he's been tricked this entire time because he loves his daughter. Yeah. Hence, why you see him in the beginning of the the story saying the woods are no place for children. You know, like get out. Yeah, he's very angry, and very like 
upset with the kids because they're all alone because he always worried about his daughter being lost in the woods. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then so, hence why he cares about the kids, but he's so irrational with it because he's he's carrying his daughter's soul in his hands, which he believes at the time. But yeah, yeah, no, this, this whole fucking thing is just ridiculous. Like, I love it so much. The soundtrack is like by far my favorite thing. Yeah, I've got a cousin who likes the soundtrack a lot. Yeah, and then like, uh, so yeah, then like the kids. Defeat the beast. And they wake up. And they wake up. And they wake up in the hospital. And there's Jason Thunderburger. <laughs> yeah. But there's a cool scene where, like, he... Jason asks Sarah to hold his hand. And Sarah's like, no thanks, but you can hold my friend's hand. And then he goes, yeah, Jason, you can hold my hand. <laughs> but at the hospital, those two are holding hands. Yeah, those I mean, two friends are? The two... Friends. the Jason Thunderburger and that friend are holding yeah. hands. So you're like, okay, cool. Like, it, it's super sweet. But then it just... Overall, I, I like... It was good, dude. A I, great I, animation. I like wanted to start it like five times and I didn't because I'm like, uh, maybe not. Yeah. Um, now I, I saw that the, the guy who who wrote it works on Adventure Time. Yeah. And has he? Is he? Does, I didn't look like he's done anything else on his own. Not maybe really. I mean, this he, was his main story that he wanted to get out. I, yeah, yeah, it was good. I hope. I wish he would do more because yeah. I don't watch a lot of Adventure Time. Adventure Time is cool. I like it. I, I like what I've seen of it, but. Yeah. I, and I, I like the concept of it where it's kind of this kid's show, but it's in the apocalypse, and it's this child and his dog. Yeah. But, like, even with this, it, it still has that same lightheartedness, but this has a more a, a somber note throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And then, like, you feel that a lot, too, with, like, all the cellos that they play in the whole mo- the yeah. thing. Like, but, yeah, overall, I fucking really, really like this. And, like, I watch it, like, the series maybe, like, twice or three times a year. Really? Yeah, because it's like it's so short. I figured, oh, I'll watch an episode. You, you mean? can get through. I mean, it's they're ten minute episodes, so you can get it through it. And like, it's like a movie. I mean, you can edit that into a movie. Yeah, it's super. Easy. Yeah, it's super easy. And then plus, like, all the random characters that you meet are very detailed and have their own. I mean, like, it's like structure. a it's like an into the woods. I mean, you can you know type story where yeah. things come back and like the woodsman's the one that comes back and I mean yeah. you can it's totally... just like a fairy tale like where like you, you read it a bunch and like you, you enjoy it for what it is a very kind of just a familiar sense to the world when you watch it regardless yeah. of what like you know what I mean like it's just like it's just old folk tales that you kind of hear kind of just woven and tumbled together into this cool little story about two brothers yeah but yeah like once you start like reading into the things and like it's going back and forth like it's a trip, and especially watch, knowing where like the frog is at Greg's heart. That was a trip because yeah. like, like I tried to watch one video and it wasn't a good video explaining things. I'm just like, oh, this isn't working. I, this is deeper than this guy's going with it. Yeah, but like, yeah, overall, and then they have an art book which I've ordered before, but it got stolen from my porch. The art, the paintings are amazing, and they like the animation itself is very like they do old school animations where they do like the giant back drop and then they put the cells on top of it so it has that like very old-timey sense of like everything but it looks super modern you know what i mean and as for like someone who's into like just drawings and paintings like you can see the different layers if you focus on like the actual cells themselves but like yeah it's super cool elijah wood frodo did an amazing job well they're in a movie together frodo oh, and oh, melanie Lisky are in a movie together oh are they um, and I think it's, I think they're, they must be friends cause they, I think they're in this movie called, uh, I don't feel right in this world anymore. It's an interesting movie. He makes, I, I like Elijah Wood's range. I do too. Because it's, 
this show, and then, like, he makes weird-ass shit. Like, that movie's a weird-ass... You should give that movie a watch. Okay. And then he's made this other movie. Look at this movie up... Uh, a preview up for this movie he's made called Come to Daddy that he's in. He's, like, the one of the murderers in Sin City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy with the glasses. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's... You know what I mean? Like, he jumps around and does a lot of really cool things. I like that about him. So, also another thing about this show is that if you pay attention to all the signs, mm-hmm. they're always within earshot of the train. And they're always uh, not too far from Potter's Field. So, if anything, these kids have just been walking in a giant circle throughout this entire woods. So, huh. they haven't really been going anywhere. Okay. Uh, so, Forrest, overall? I dug it. And I liked it a lot. I'm going to watch it again. Um, why did you pick this? Just because you thought I would... It's something you... It's, it's that just... It just soaked in, in everything. It's... Uh, well, the, the cast themselves are fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh... The story structure is dope. Even, even, and, and I don't mean this in a mocking way, pre, uh, post-stroke Tim Curry. That's post-stroke Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. That's not... And he plays it so well. And it, like, it fits that anti-whispers voice. tone. Yeah. yeah. And then, but like, yeah, the writing is a classic fairy tale. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just like, regardless of like, story-wise, like the way that they bring in so many things and all the callbacks that they suddenly throw in there that a lot of people miss the first Yeah, time I gotta around. go back and watch it. I mean, like, it's... It's, it's written so fucking good. How's it going? We are going to watch a little movie called The Bad News Bears. The original Bad News Bears. I always thought that was a football movie. It is not. Okay. It is a baseball movie. And it's got Walter Matthau. Okay. And it's got Rorschach. The guy who plays Rorschach is in this movie. Okay. Okay. The so old from the Watchmen movie. From I'm assuming it's a baseball movie. It is a baseball movie. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's a... A, there was a remake to this movie, right? There was. Okay. It's so this movie. is the original. Yes. Okay, cool. Sweet. Well, that's going to do it for the episode this week. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit us up at our Instagram at yhblankthat. Or you can email us at yhblankthat at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.